Texas Business Minds, a presentation of the Texas Business Journals. Brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas. Her name is spelled Houston, but it's pronounced Houston. And any way you spell or say it, Heather Houston and her team are having an impact on Houston's scenic byways. In this episode, she shares her mission with Houston Business Journal Managing Editor, Jonathan Adams. Tell me a bit about yourself and your background. I came to Houston about, gosh, it was in 2004 to be with my fiance at the time, who's now my husband. And I have a little bit of a crooked path here to scenic Houston. I started my career in New York and I worked in entertainment mostly. I did sports television when I first arrived in New York and did that for a couple of years. And then I went to the music industry for a while. And then I did some marketing agency work. And then when I moved to Houston, I promptly got a job at the Houston Texans. And I got a job there. It was when they were launching a collegiate bowl game, or they had taken over Houston's collegiate bowl game. And we, you know, were aiming to revive it, which we did. And that's the Texas Bowl. And so I worked for the Texans for about eight years and had a couple of children and then decided I needed to find um, a little more balance in my life, which is, you know, a lot of women try to do that. And so I've, I uh, ended up being an interim executive director at a nonprofit that I'm on the board of. I've been on the board for a long time. It's called Urban Harvest. And so then when this came up, I just uh, thought it sounded so interesting and all the people are so wonderful that are involved. And so I took the job right before the pandemic hit on March the 5th, you know, two springs ago, basically. Yeah, and so can you talk to me a little bit about uh, what Scenic Houston is? Sure. Scenic Houston is a nonprofit. It has been around for 60 years, and it started as a dream of some business leaders in Houston to eradicate billboards. (laughs) They were fighting billboard life. And they got formed kind of at the same time as some of the other green nonprofits in town. It's when, you know, there was a big move to try to make Houston a more visually appealing and more beautiful place to live and really improve the quality of life. And so these businessmen, and in fact, it it was a gentleman named Carol Shattuck. He was very involved in starting Scenic Houston and Trees for Houston. And they, for years, a couple of decades, were fighting, you know, billboard blight. And they finally found a champion at City Hall, and it was Eleanor Tinsley. And she was on the city council at the time. And this was back in 1980 when they finally passed a sign code for the city of Houston. And that sign code still stands today. And so, Santa Houston, our roots are in advocacy. So we're consistently advocating for clutter-free streets and highways and roads. And by the way, the billboard companies don't ever stop knocking at the city's door. I mean, they're always trying to put up more billboards, right? Whether they're static or LED billboards. So there's, there's always something to be battling there. And then a 
couple of years ago, way before me, uh, back in 2017, Cena Houston had done a couple of capital projects where they improved or you know beautified certain streets in Houston. One of them was Texas Avenue. Um, they did a lot of work making that sort of a more historical street. And then in 2017, when the Super Bowl was coming, um, Cena Houston partnered with the city and with that management district, the hobby district, to improve the Broadway corridor between Hobby Airport and I-45. And that's why it looks so beautiful today. The city went in and had you know, spent millions and millions of dollars improving the road, but they didn't have enough money for beautification. So Santa Houston went and raised all the money and, and that's why it's such an inviting thoroughfare to and from you know, the airport now. And then we also do um, a lot of educational initiatives to try to improve and enhance and the visual character, all the design of the streets in Houston. Can you talk to me a little bit about the challenges that you've faced, like climbing up the executive chain? Oh, sure. You mean in my job? Right, as a, in your career. Yeah, look, at especially because my path is kind of crooked. It wasn't in my plans to land at a nonprofit necessarily. I was kind of climbing up the ladder in the entertainment and sports industry. And it was complicated by, you know, I hate to say this, but a lot of women are in the same situation. You children are lovely, but they kind of complicate your work life, <laughs> you know? So um, there were times, you know, when I was supposed to be at the stadium when there was no one to watch my children. So it was, it, you know, that's sticky in that industry. And so, you know, I took a break and really enjoyed the nonprofit work I was doing. And so I guess that's the difficulty I've had, you know, climbing the corporate ladders. I really had to change directions and change my thinking. And, and it's okay. It's ended up great. And I'm, you know, this is wonderful, but it wasn't in my initial plans, if that makes sense. And yeah, you mentioned yeah. that you're at the, the Texans for about eight years before yeah. shifting over to the nonprofit space. What made you want to make that change? Well, it was sort of, again, it was like, it was an experiment. It was this kind of necessity. I couldn't, as a, as a mom of two young boys, I couldn't figure out how to make all of that work because there's a lot of, in sports, look, you're, there's a lot of weekend work. It's, it's tons on the weekends. It's not nine to five job. And when I looked around at the other women, which there were a ton of women that worked at the Texans, they do a really good job with that at the Texans, you know, it was half women and half men on the business side of the Texans. And, um, you know, but they were all a lot younger than me and, and or older than me, like their kids were already in college or they didn't have kids. And so there were two of us there that had young children and it was just hard to figure out how to make it all work there. Um, and I think it would be that way, at, you know, with any sports or any entertainment, you know, company or industry, because there's so much, you have to do so much weekend work. So again, I, I but I really enjoyed my work um, with Urban Harvest, the, um, which is the nonprofit that runs the farmer's market over at St. John's every Saturday. And they have tons of community gardens. And it just really interested me, mainly because I'd done so much strategy and planning you know, over my career. And I found a real need for that 
in nonprofit, the nonprofit world. And so I really enjoyed digging in at Urban Harvest. And I've enjoyed that a lot here at Scenic Houston too. It's nonprofits, I think, are changing a lot where they, you know, you have to be more strategic, kind of like a corporation does, kind of like a for-profit company does. That's what I've really enjoyed about about this job is that, you know, I've got I've I've gotten the opportunity to come in and be really strategic and launch some new initiatives and really build our brand a little differently than than it had been recognized before, let's say. And what would you say are some common misconceptions about working in a nonprofit or even just about Scenic Houston? Well, I don't think a lot of people know who Scenic Houston is. I certainly did not. The first time I ever encountered Scenic Houston was when I was was at the other nonprofit and I got invited to come to a dinner um, at Scenic Houston. It was their annual you know, dinner that they we host every year. And Mayor Turner was being honored. And when I walked in the room, I could not believe the people, the, the number one, the energy of the people in the room and the power of the people in the room. I mean, you kind of knew everyone in the room from either mostly the civic work they do, they do. It's it's a bunch of people that care very deeply about Houston's visual character and Houston's image and how it looks to outsiders, but also how it feels to Houstonians. And I just will never forget the walking into that room and seeing every former mayor there, tons of business leaders were there. It was really the most impressive room I'd ever stepped into in Houston, basically. Lots of times you step into a gala and it's like the most fun people in Houston. This was like, these were like the most caring people in Houston. And it was, so I think scenic Houston goes unrecognized though. Look, billboards have been, they're still there. You know, we, when, when scenic Houston first started battling the billboard industry, there were over 10,000 billboards within the city limits. And now there are just a little over 1300. So, you know, I've seen pictures of what it looked like. And it so sometimes scenic Houston doesn't get the credit that I think they deserve because you don't see what they did anymore. <laughs> it's gone. Right. And that's the beautiful part of their work. But it's also kind of hard to explain to people sometimes. Right. And yeah, I hadn't heard about Scenic Houston up until a couple of weeks ago. And so I was pretty surprised when you explained it to me the first time. How have you kind of like helped market uh, Scenic Houston? Well, that's a great question. We kind of multifaceted. When I first got here, I kind of took the playbook of, you know, my sports playbook and started creating, I have a pretty extensive background in sponsorships. And so when I first came on, I thought, okay, because a lot of the board members at Scenic Houston had told me, look, we'd love to get more corporations involved in what we do. And so the first thing I did was try to, well, you know, before, and then the pandemic hit, but (laughs) the first thing that I tried to do was create more opportunities for businesses in Houston to interact with us, not just at our dinner. I mean, that's a very expensive table and ticket to buy. And so I first went about trying to figure out how to include businesses that, you know, on a, not a smaller scale by any means, but, you know, at a different price point. And so we've created some new programming, let's say educational programming. 
Um, we've also, I've also created a neighborhood program so that we're not just focusing on highways, but we're focusing on streets. And a couple of years ago, like back in 2013, I think, Scenic Houston developed this, it's a book, it's a beautiful bound book called the Streetscape Resource Guide. And lots of folks on our board of directors were involved in creating this book that is used by developers, builders, and the city to really think more visually about streetscape design and so that it's more thoughtfully planned instead of just, you know, putting a very small sidewalk and a couple of, you know, bad crosswalks in. It's it's like, you know, how do you improve street by street here in Houston? And so through that streetscape resource guide, we've we've launched a, a scenic neighborhood program to help neighborhoods kind of empower themselves, empower neighborhoods to help themselves, especially in some of the underserved neighborhoods where they don't get a lot of funding and or attention. We can help them kind of take the, the blueprint of what we've done, let's say on Broadway Street or some of the other capital projects we've done using this guide and help them make their own scenic changes in their own neighborhoods. So I don't think that answered the marketing question exactly. But so creating more programs, you know, programming. And then also just strangely, we got in a couple of um, billboard, you know, I don't want to say battles, but we, we opposed a couple of billboard issues that came up with the city this year. So, you know, the anti-billboard community came out in droves and when we were fighting these two issues, one was the, I don't know if you remember this, but there was a sidewalk kiosk issue at city hall where they were, they had proposed putting 75 sidewalk kiosks in the city. And we were opposed to that because we viewed them as just many billboards. And so once we started sort of talking about that in the community, you can't imagine how many people came out. So there was a lot of grassroots marketing involved too. And we doubled the size of our database in three days, just because, you know, we were getting the word out and I couldn't believe how many people were responding and, you know, did not want sidewalk kiosks in their neighborhoods. So that that's been an interesting, uh, kind of eye-opening for me to know how many folks are opposed to those types of things. Nobody wants more billboards. That was an interesting marketing play also this year. That's really what I focused on is creating more programming and that is educational and also helps communities on the ground and also through just through all of our grassroots efforts. And so is there like a an annual goal for the how many billboards you want to reduce around the city or how does that work? Well, that's interesting. No, because of our sign code, you're not allowed to put up any new billboards. So no new billboards can be built in Houston because of the sign code. And then in 2008, city council approved an ordinance that, that doesn't allow static billboards to be switched out for LED billboards or digital billboards. So not only can you not build any new ones, but you also can't switch static ones out for digital billboards. So now they just come down through attrition and development and weather. And so 
that's how they come down. So we're not fighting the 1300 that are up now. They'll come down naturally and eventually. Not all of them, but some of them will for sure. Heather Houston joining us. In our next segment, Houston tells us how she and her team made a pandemic pivot. When Texas Business Minds continues. This summer, Texas Mutual Insurance Company sent $330 million in dividends to policyholders across the state. It's our way of rewarding resilient businesses who never wavered in their commitment to working safe. More at TexasMutual.com. Continuing our conversation on Texas Business Minds as Houston Business Journal Managing Editor Jonathan Adams chats with Heather Houston. You mentioned that you started with Scenic Houston in March 2020, right around when the pandemic took hold of the country. What was that like for you? How, How did you navigate becoming an organization's new leader right as everything started to shut down? Yeah, it was, I, I came in guns a blaring for a week. <laughs> I had to stop. <laughs> and I had all these ideas and was ready to go raise all this money. And it came to a screeching halt. It really did. It was scary. And there are only three of us. We're a small, we're a really small nonprofit with three staff members. And, you know, we could not do the events that we typically do. I mean, that the dinner that we normally do raises like $400,000 and above. And when you have a year that you can't do that, it's it's a struggle. It's tough for a small nonprofit. So it, I had to, you know, pivot just like everybody else did and had to, I focused a lot on the relationships that we had. So with our board members and our supporters, our long time supporters, instead of trying to go get new business with, or, you know, not new business, but new supporters, which just wasn't going to happen, you know, in the pandemic. Focus changed on really trying to build the relationships that we already had and stay afloat. I mean, that was, that was tough. Yeah. And so like you mentioned, nonprofits around the world have had a really tough year and a half or so. What were some of the challenges Cena Houston faced and how did you overcome them? I know you mentioned the dinner, but uh, what were some of the other challenges? Well, with the dinner, I mean, just like a lot of nonprofits did, we decided to do it digitally and it really turned out beautifully. We raised about half the money we typically raise, but it turned out really nice. And then We also launched a digital educational series called Scenic Mornings, and those have been very successful and not necessarily financially speaking, but we've had a lot of people tune in and gotten a lot of rave reviews about the folks that we've had on. They focus on, you know, all the great scenic things that are happening in Houston. So Like this year, for instance, we had the lead landscape architect from Memorial Park. He was fascinating to listen to. And like everybody that listened to it called afterwards and wanted to hear more. It was, he was really, really wonderful. And then we also had a Scenic Mornings event this year with this guy called Jay Maddock out of Texas A&M. And he's helped launch for Methodist Hospital, the Center for Health and Nature. And he studies how nature impacts our health. And that was fascinating too. So the scenic mornings, that was a pivot for sure, really to connect with our supporters more than anything and to figure out a way to further our message. So those were two things that you know helped, I think, during the pandemic. 
you're right. It's been tough. I mean, fundraising is not easy right now uh, by any means. Our, I think though, you know, it seems like from our event that we we just had a, our dinner on November second, and I've heard a lot of other nonprofits say too, like there the events have been successful. I think people were ready to be together again. Definitely. And so, what are some of the pivots that you tend to keep post pandemic? Well, definitely that scenic mornings. I mean, that's we're already planning the three or four for next year. And I'm really excited about the lineup and then just continuing to build through our grassroots marketing, continuing to build our supporter base. A lot of the folks that support scenic Houston, you know, they've, they've known about scenic Houston for years. I mean, they, again, they were some of the first people that were on the ground, you know, fighting the billboard companies. And so now we're trying to, our goal is to make sure that the next generation protects what that generation has done. At our annual dinner this year, we honored a gentleman named Dick Weekly, and he was part of this. It was fascinating to learn all this. He was part of this group that he and some other business leaders started called the Quality of Life Coalition. And they literally had these five goals. These just, you know, normal people, but, you know, big business leaders had these five goals and that they set out to accomplish and they did. And it was amazing. And so just, you know, making sure that we're protecting what that generation has done for Houston, which has changed so much. You know, we we don't even remember how, how bad it used to look, right? Yeah. What have been some of Scenic Houston's biggest successes in the past year, aside from Scenic Mornings? Well, look, this was not an ultimate victory, but when we opposed the digital kiosks, that city council ended up approving it. But I think the victory was in that whole situation was that number one, we got a lot more votes from city council than anybody thought we were going to get. And number two, that like I mentioned earlier, we really reconnected with our supporters. And that was great. And look, you don't want to have a have to fight city hall for that to happen. But it was it was nice to to know that those folks are all still out there. So that was a nice victory. And then the other victory was definitely our annual dinner this year. We honored such a, a great person and Dick Weekly, who really has changed the face of Houston. And we raised a lot of money, which was great. Also, the launching of the scenic neighborhood program, you know, we're not completely launched yet, but I think I'll, we'll all look back on this year and be proud of ourselves that, that we got it launched this year. Yeah. And speaking of the dinner, about how many people would you say were in attendance that night? I think we had about 350 folks. Wow. And so how do you think it went? Great. Besides the fire alarm going off at the venue during <laughs> one of our videos, <laughs> it just added a lot of excitement. It went really well. I think that it was really fun as a non-Houstonian. I mean, I am now, I'm a Houstonian. I love this place. But as a person who wasn't here when all these changes were being made, it was really fun to see the reunion of all those people, fun to hear their stories and really educational. I mean, when you listen to these people, Dick Weekly and Ann Lentz and Chuck Carlberg and Mac and CeCe Fowler, I mean, these people banded together to make this place better and they have. And it was just really rewarding to hear. And it was 
you know, the dinner itself was a, was a big victory. About how much money would you say was raised that night? Just a little over $400,000. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So it's kind of, you were able to, you know, make up what you weren't able to get last year because of pandemic times. Yeah. And, and we usually raise a little bit more than that. So we weren't disappointed by any means, but what we realized is that I don't think that people are out in full force yet, like they were pre-pandemic, maybe spending the amount on tables that they used to, because, you know, look, a lot of folks said, we'd love to support your event, but still didn't want to come. So we had some of that for sure. I don't know when that challenge is going to be over. Who knows, right? With all these new variants coming up. But hopefully right. we'll, we'll be back to normal soon. But we were really proud of what, what we accomplished this year, no matter what. So I guess finally, uh, what's next for Scenic Houston? Well, that's great. We're really looking forward to 2022. We've done all of our planning and our budgeting. And we're very excited about the Scenic Neighborhood Program. We're excited about our Streetscape Resource Guide and improving it. We're doing another version of that soon. Again, we've got a lot of the Scenic Mornings program we're really excited about. And we launched a new cocktail event last year to kind of reconnect with some of our younger supporters and um, or supporters that maybe don't come to the dinner all the time. And that was a big success. And I'm really looking forward to that, that cocktail event again this year, just as a way to reconnect. And then we'll be, you know, look, there's always lots of advocacy work to be done at the city. We also get involved in a little bit of the state advocacy work. And so we'll have a lot of that on the docket next year as well. Thanks to Scenic Houston's Heather Houston for joining us. And thank you for downloading Texas Business Minds, presented by the Texas Business Journals and brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance Company, a workers' comp provider committed to helping companies build a stronger, safer Texas.